All right, before we look forward, can we look back at least for like three, four minutes today when it comes to Brennan Thompson? Because I got a very interesting phone call before the show started today, Parker. Really? You don't say. I did too, actually. And it's not like some inside scoop or anything, but it's really, really interesting. So a lot of you know of Mike Brooks, OU football historian. One, unbelievable guy. Two, there's only two people I've ever met in my life to where I say, they know an absurd amount of OU football, and there's no way that I could ever hope to know as much OU football history as those two guys, and Mike Brooks is absolutely one of those guys. So uh, the, the, uh, the topic of Brennan Thompson came up today, right? And, and what did we say yesterday? What have we been saying for like a week and a half now? Speed, speed, speed is what you're getting with Brennan Thompson. But Mike did a much better job of me of putting into perspective just exactly what you're getting with your newest transfer portal wide receiver. He ran down the numbers with me, Parker, okay? Uh, in Brennan's junior year at Spearman High, 10.4. Uh, 100-meter dash, 21-27, 200-meter dash. Second place in both of those events. His senior year, he was first in the 100, 10.24, and then he was uh, first in the 200 with a 10.73. Basically, he shared all those numbers to say that Brennan Thompson isn't just fast. Kind of by his calculations and watching OU football for so many years, Mike Brooks... OU football historian thinks that Brennan Thompson might be the fastest player in OU football history. Now, he didn't say that he thinks Brennan Thompson's going to be an All-American or an All-Big 12 or anything like that. All he was doing was looking at the numbers, and as he looked at from the numbers from his uh, junior and high school year, uh, seasons at Spearman, he says, I think a case can be made that Brennan Thompson will be the fastest player OU's ever had in in program history. And when you think about it that way, it's kind of wild. I haven't dug deep enough into it to have that take. I will trust Mike on it because Mike knows. Trust Mike on most things. I mean, Mike knows, I mean, literally everything with OU football. So if he's saying it, I'm inclined to believe it, but it's just, like, if that's who you just added, then, like, whoa, okay. (laughs) Oh boy, mm. you you want to hear about the phone call I got right yeah, before we please. went on the air? Dueling this phone is, calls. This is gonna rip open some old wounds. I'm sitting here in the production room, and my phone starts buzzing, and I look down, and it's Malachi Coleman. Ooh, okay, yeah. Is he getting cell service up there in Lincoln? Was it a choppy and, phone call? No, <laughs> he called because he was like. Hey, I'm going on the Kelly Clarkson show tomorrow, and they want to use some of the photos that you took of me. Is that cool? And, of course, I'm like, yeah, man, give them whatever they want. But I'm just like, yeah, this is, A, this is the kid that OU decided not to take. What a spokesperson for the OU football program he might have been. Yeah. And he's the kid that everybody, all the readers of tea leaves on message boards and social media and elsewhere – Decided that the reason OU wasn't taking this kid was because he had "quote unquote" character issues. Yeah, top one hundred player at a position where you just brought in what? How, how many walk on tight ends did OU bring in this off season? Two so far. 
Yeah, Do I have those numbers right? Ham Fay. Yeah, I mean they they needed help at tight end, and I don't know a top one hundred player at that position might have helped out a little bit. Maybe so. Mm. Maybe so. I just I approach it more from the standpoint of. Malachi Coleman would have been an outstanding representative of all things OU football. And I've said it before, Tyler. I've I've acknowledged this. At the All-American Bowl in San Antonio, Malachi said, and this is not word for word, but I'm paraphrasing what he said to me. He basically said, look, I was going to commit to OU, but then they just kind of quit on me. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see if he goes up there to Lincoln and has a career or not. By the way, uh, Mike Brooks also shared this stat with me because one-score losses were a a theme last year and a big talking point so far this year. Uh, OU has played in 412 one-score games in program history. They have won just 57% of those. So he's basically his point was one-score games, anything can happen. And OU has a win percentage of all time of like 75%. Well, it's just 57% out of the 412 uh, when it's a one-score game, which I thought was interesting. Text line saying, lags 32. Faster than Hollywood Brown and Kyler? Look, hey, it's all about opinion. I mean, uh, some of this is, I guess. Mike is just looking at the numbers from his junior and senior year to come up with the thought that he might be the fastest uh, player in program history. I, and, and when you look at the numbers and how he ranked nationally in some of those 100 and 200s, it's, it's kind of hard to it's – it's hard to argue with. Hard to argue with. He could be. Again, that doesn't mean that he's going to be a player here, but it does mean one thing, and he's really, really fast. Really, really fast. Is Thompson faster than that DeBrian Blanton? If so, wow, just wow. I don't remember DeBrian Blanton's numbers. Uh, they say they think he ran a 10.06 – Coming out of high school, I don't remember. I remember him running track at OU after uh, coming here for football and track, but I, I don't remember DeBrian Blanton's numbers. But I bet you know who does? Mike Brooks. Who, Mike uh, Brooks probably does. <laughs> who yes. called uh, earlier this afternoon. Um, any uh, upcoming impending crystal balls? Anything on the horizon here? I mean, there's a lot of crystal balls in. It's just It kind of feels like we're at the stage here of just waiting for the next commitment to drop. And we'll see if it happens before this month is over or not, but... Just kind of waiting and seeing uh, if you can get a four-star receiver, someone via the portal, or what's going to happen next. I don't really feel like anything's terribly imminent with the exception of Zion Carney and Xavier Robinson, obviously. And I do think I do think Michael Boganowski is another guy that's not too far off from making a final call, and OU looks really, really good in that race as well. But I think we're going to hit a little bit of a lull until the Champion Barbecue weekend rolls around. That would be my best guess. Unless guys start getting antsy before the Champion Barbecue weekend and they're going, oh, boy, I better lock in my spot before somebody else shows up for an OV to Oklahoma and takes it. Did I hear you last hour say that you might project Devon Mitchell as the next commit for OU? Uh, Besides Carney and Robinson, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and so the thought is is he's going to be in the 24 class, correct? Yes. The, the not-so-secretive thought there? Yeah. That you're going to have a tight end in this class and it's him? Yeah, and I, I I take that back. I don't, I don't think it will be Mitchell. I would say he'll be one of the next few in my mind, probably not the next one post Carney and Robinson. I'd probably peg Boganowski in that regard. Yeah, which that that's, uh, has really – Gained a lot of steam over the past few weeks. Very Michael Boganowski. So. Not a guy that we talked at, uh, at all about early on in the cycle, but around the past month, I think a lot of people have really uh, really learned his name. So I, I think this week, man, is I think we're kind of on portal watch at this point 
because the official deadline ends on Sunday. But what's the rule? If you tell your school before Sunday that you're entering into the portal, maybe it doesn't show up until Monday or Tuesday, there's going to have to be some players leaving the program for OU, correct? Because with the players that they have coming in, they're over scholarship numbers right now. And I think that we always thought that there was going to be more than just the two so far that have entered in the portal. But I guess the next week or so, Parker, is we're going to be monitoring one, who OU is pursuing in the portal. Don't think it's going to be like 10 players or anything crazy. But two, who's on their way out of the program? I, th- I think that that's what we're going to be watching here for the next week. Yeah, they'll they'll need to cut a few scholarships between now and the time the fall rolls around. And, you know, I, I don't want to throw any names out there because it's unfair to those players to engage in speculation, even if it is grounded speculation about who might be portal bound. But I don't think it's difficult to look through this roster and peg a few guys that you figure, okay, it's probably not happening for them at Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't count on any surprises here. Like maybe a surprise in oh that's a that's a known name that's a guy that's played some key snaps. But anyone that's going to be a a starter or a real big time contributor, I'm not hearing any of those names that are going to enter in the portal in the off season. And honestly, if if one of those names entered into the portal that was expected to be a starter, I'd be I'd be pretty shocked. As I'd be I. very, very, very shocked. From the 405, is he for sure going to reclassify Devon Mitchell? Yes. Yes, he's going to reclassify. Who's faster, Brennan Thompson or Rodney Anderson sprinting around the corner at Kansas State in 2017? <laughs> Rodney Anderson was pretty fast scoring that touchdown in 2017. Though a flag was on the field, and I thought that play was going to be called back. Uh, it was a penalty on Kansas State, though. The touchdown stands... OU dodges a bullet on the road in the Little Apple that day. Oh, I can't imagine that the university can just pull a scholarship. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Line. But it's it's not as if Rent Venables brings a guy into his office and goes, hey, you don't have a scholarship anymore. Rent Venables brings a guy into his office and tells him, look, man, we got plans that don't really involve you to the degree that you probably would like them to. So... For both of our sake, it would probably behoove you to begin exploring other options. Do you think Britt Venables at least knows the uh, the names of the players that he's trying to get to enter into the transfer portal? Because apparently Deion Sanders doesn't know the names of half of his roster, uh, according to some Colorado players who are currently in the portal. Uh, that was a very interesting story I read earlier today where there was a pretty clear divide, Parker, uh, from the old players, the leftover from that 1-11 season, and the new players. Some of those guys were, yeah, those coaches, if, we were on the old, if you're on the old team, they didn't even like really even talk to us or address us. We were treated totally different than the, uh, than the newcomers. Yeah, the more, that, the more that comes out in the public eye about what's going on behind the scenes at Colorado, and in the last couple of days we've actually seen a couple of guys that just transferred to Colorado – hitting the portal once again, the more I'm going, oh, boy, I don't know if Dion got off on the right foot here. Doesn't feel like it, does it? No, it does not. He could have – I have it written down here. Where is it? He can bring in 70 newcomers this season with uh, with everyone that he's cut so far, which is insane. Zane says, Bray Walker ever land anywhere? Not, not that I've seen. 
Has have you seen Bray Walker land anywhere? Because I I haven't, and I, I don't, and he may not honestly after missing spring ball not at we'll the see. FBS level. Uh, speaking of Colorado, there was a uh, slated starting running back in the Big Twelve that announced the his intentions to enter into the transfer portal. Yep. And now there's a crystal ball out there for uh, this uh, this particular player to end up at Colorado. Interesting. We'll tell you who that is coming up next. A whole lot of OU football recruiting. A whole lot of OU portal as well. Keep it locked to the ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Ref Army listening nationwide today via the free ref app. Just search KREF in the app store. Great Bend, Kansas is tuned in today. College Station, Texas. Anaheim, California. New York City. Canton, Mississippi. Cheyenne, Wyoming. And our small Oklahoma town of the day. Salisaw, Oklahoma, does that count? I honestly have I've never been to Salisaw before. I've been out to Salisaw. I've been through Salisaw at least. That's Matt Wells' hometown. Uh, let me find out if it qualifies. But, it, but is it at least in the area of being a small town? Yes, okay. it actually, okay. okay. Uh, population of about 8,800. Oh, let's go. So, right. Yep. Sweet. Ref Army listening nationwide. Brought to you by k Furniture Consignment with locations in OKC and on Main Street in Norman. Shop K&M for all your home furnishing and design needs, offering both new and custom furniture. The original one-stop shop. 405-651-3439 is the text line. Be sure to hit us up there. I guess Xavier Robinson, three-star running back out of Carl Albert, six foot two, two twenty-five. There is another future cast in for OU, but not going to be announcing on May 10th. Is is that correct? Yeah, I would I would anticipate that the decision gets pushed back a little bit. And I know he just put that uh, date out there, but talked to a couple people this morning, and the thought is that Xavier Robinson is going to wait till later in the month to lock it in. Does that have um, any bearing on OU being the, the, the school there, OU no. Iowa State? No, still feel pretty good about Oklahoma. Oklahoma Johnny says, completely random question. I didn't see anything about Edge Taylor Wine. Is he a dude that won't get on campus until summer? Can you give a rundown of that list of new recruits who won't get to campus until the summer and any of them you think can see the field as a freshman? Sure, Oklahoma Johnny. We probably haven't talked nearly enough about those guys to this point, naturally, because they're not taking part in spring football. But let's go down the list. Here are all of the summer enrollees for Oklahoma in the 2023 class. You have four-star linebacker Samuel Masigo. Like him. Definitely a guy that has the potential to play in year one. Four-star wide receiver Jaquez Petaway. Ditto on that. Four-star defensive back Jacoby Johnson. I've said it many a time. I'm not entirely convinced he doesn't end up moving over to wide receiver before it's all said and done. But high ceiling athlete on either side of the ball. Four-star linebacker Lewis Carter. Uh, that's a dog right there. Yeah. Four-star wide receiver Keon Brown. He probably takes a year. Four-star safety, Dave McCullough. He is also probably at least a year away from being a regular contributor. Four-star offensive lineman, Logan Howland. Give him two years, I think, and he has the potential to be an absolute stud. Heath Ozida, three-star offensive tackle out of Washington. And broke our uh, chair at the Breaker of chairs, Heath Ozida. Probably going to redshirt, would be my guess. Uh, The... Individual that you referenced in that text, Oklahoma Johnny, three-star edge, Taylor Wine from Nolensville, Tennessee. I would figure, given Oklahoma's current depth at edge, he will redshirt as well. 
Very intrigued by three-star tight end signee Cade McIntyre because with as thin as that room is and as good of an athlete as he is, as underrated of an athlete as he is, I wonder if Cade McIntyre makes a little bit more noise in year one than people expect. Then you have three-star athlete Taylor Heim out of Bethany, Oklahoma, three-star defensive lineman Marcus Strong, Lake Butler, Florida. Both of those guys, I would imagine, will. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some guys on that list that definitely can make an impact. Petaway being one, uh, maybe Omasigo and Carter. It's just going to be a lot more difficult for those guys since they missed out on the spring. I mean, they're really going to have to hit the ground running in training camp, uh, pick up things very fast, which is not easy to do for a true freshman. And I would guess that if any of those names that we just mentioned are big contributors next year, it might have to come in the back half of the season. Um, I mean, unless they're just super impressive in training camp, I, I feel like a lot of those are going to be fighting a little bit of an uphill battle in terms of playing, playing right away. Because if you don't come in the spring as a true freshman, it's tough. And it shouldn't be all that shocking to know that the guys that are the highest ranked, the guys that are regarded as more of can't-miss prospects, i.e. Samuel Masigo, Jaquez Petaway, those are the guys that have more of an opportunity and more of a window to play quite a bit as true freshmen. But I I think the vast majority of the summer enrollees probably have to wait at least one year. Several listeners pointing out on the text line that Steve Davis yes. was from Salisaw. Yeah. Uh, had a pretty good win-loss record at the University of Oklahoma. Had pretty good. Didn't didn't uh, didn't lose a whole lot of gains at all, uh, Steve Davis. Sam and Tulsa guys, pre please bring up what Oklahoma golf is doing in Hutchinson, Kansas right now. Just completely dominated the Big Twelve Championship. Only team under par and will win by around twenty shots. Yeah, they're on the eighteenth uh, tee box right now. So it's essentially final. OU is going to win back to back Big Twelve Championships, uh, but we'll let you know for sure uh, once that is uh, all but wrapped up. By the way. The uh, running back that's in the portal out of the Big 12 is a Houston running back that is, uh, I guess, going to Colorado. And Dana Holkerson had a quote saying, yeah, we had like our uh, spring exit meeting and kind of basically told him that he was going to be our guy. And then he came back a couple of days later and said, I'm going to enter into the transfer portal, which I guess surprised Dana Holgerson quite a bit. But uh Looks like Colorado may be uh, tampering a little bit with some players that are out there is, is how I read into that situation. Well, somebody earlier on the text line said, just goes to show what a D-bag Deion Sanders is as, as to the portal exodus. And I think if Colorado is tampering, more fodder for that narrative. Uh, Alton McCaskill IV is who I'm talking about. Had a breakout freshman year in 2021, rushing for nearly 1,000 yards, 961, leading all freshmen in rushing, uh, rushing touchdowns with 16. He was also uh, the rookie of the year in the American. He injured his knee last spring and missed all of 2022, but is expected to come back with a big year 2023, and he might. But sounds like he might be playing for the uh, Colorado Buffaloes instead of the Houston Cougars, which is interesting. Jim in Arlington wants to know, who's the fastest wide receiver once they all get on campus, regardless of starter or not? Brennan uh, Thompson. Brennan Thompson. Yeah, yeah I, he fastest on the team. Again, I, Jim, I don't know if you missed the first five minutes of the show, but OU historian Mike Brooks is telling me today he might be the fastest player that OU's ever had in program history. 
And if he's not the fastest player ever, he's in like the short list of that. Uh, okay, here's uh, we. This got brought up on the text line. We probably should address it. I've been trying not to, just because it is a situation that's kind of unsettled and has been for a while. Uh, but it is kind of making the rounds now. I've had several people hit me up about it today, so we'll discuss it. Is there an issue with Keon Brown making it to Norman? That's the scuttle. Here's what I do know. OU is somewhat worried about Keon Brown's grades. And if he does not make it to Norman, that would be why. However, they do expect him on campus in June right now. Yeah. Well, that'd be that'd be nice to uh, figure out a way. So, he, he, he ended up being a four-star, correct? Yeah. So, again, I, I, I want to validate that concern. That is a real thing that OU is somewhat concerned about Keon Brown's capacity to academically qualify. But the expectation for the moment is still that he's going to be on campus in June. Yeah. Uh, OU also gets a future cast for four-star defensive linemen. And these are just rolling in by the day at this point. Four-star defensive lineman Joseph Jonah Ajonye. So in terms of the defensive linemen that we feel good about OU getting, uh, maybe you feel better about a Nigel Smith. Maybe you feel better about I, I don't know I I, I think uh, Joseph Jonah Ajonye could be in the top three right now of defensive linemen maybe even the top two of defensive linemen you think OU is going to get in this uh, 2024 class Yeah well we've been talking about the big four right or what we have termed the big four Will Nwaneri David Stone Zadavian Sims Nigel Smith Well here comes Joseph Jonah Ajonye making a charge up the rankings on the cusp of being a top 100 composite player, and OU leads by a mile in that race. So again, the narrative on Todd Bates, all of the slander from the Todd Bates haters, I'd be surprised if that still exists three months from now. Back-to-back, back, it's official for the second year in a row. The Oklahoma Sooners are champions of the Big 12 in men's golf. We have hashtag softball school. We have hashtag Jim U. Uh, what would be the hashtag if you're the best uh, golf program out in the in the country right now? I, I don't know. We got to figure out that hashtag. Maybe maybe OU golf can get on that one. But OU men's golf wins another Big Twelve championship today. Yeah, and uh, Jacob Groves apparently landed at Virginia. Yeah. The Text line wants to know if he was a preferred. Yeah. Somebody was like, "Is Groves there? a PWO? Uh, Not a chance. He plays for them." Well, the one thing you do have to do on Tony Bennett's team is defend. Well, that's a, that's the thing about Jacob Groves. He's taking a chance. Either two things of, is going to happen in his career, Parker. One, he's going to win a national championship. Two, he's going to lose to a double-digit seed in the first round. There's no in-between now. No. He's taking a chance. Either a first-round exit or a national championship. That's what Jacob Groves is pursuing out there in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. There's no in-between with the Virginia basketball program. 405-651-3439. Uh, three beer emojis to OU Golf. There, hashtag, there's only hole in one. I like that one. Venables At, needs to tamper to get Teddy's lightning quick nephew wide receiver going to Rice. Yeah, he's really yeah. fast. How yeah, Drayden Dickman ended up going to Rice instead of SMU or Texas State mm -hmm. or at least one of those schools that traditionally has something to hang their hat on in the sport of football. I, I don't know, but that's a really good get by Rice, which has started to recruit really well locally. Hit us up on the text line. We'll get to that and a whole lot more. More recruiting on the other side. There's a new number one overall team in the 2024 team rankings. Interesting. We'll tell you who it is coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref.
Locked in with McCombus and Thune, live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian speaking at the uh, Houston Touchdown Club today. And apparently he said if a Texas player enters his name in the transfer portal, there is no chance he returns to play for the Longhorns. I don't have time for that. To which he received a, yeah, hook him, coach, there at the Houston Touchdown Club. I guess everyone was pretty uh, happy about that. By the way, did you hear what uh, Bob Stoops' rebuttal is to a Texas fan that yells hook him at him? Yeah, no, you told me that. You told me that last week. Yeah. Yeah, we usually do. It's pretty amazing. Love that. Yeah, good for for you, Sark, uh, to have that stance. Tyler Buckner is in Tuscaloosa, Alabama today on an Alabama visit. Woo! Oh, my gosh. Woo, buddy. Oh, yeah. Don't worry, it's going to be a uh, backup quarterback at Notre Dame that's going to rescue all of Alabama's problems at quarterback. He will not start for Alabama this fall. Would be pretty annoying. He, if he will did, not start. If he does go down there. And is it a, will is be Ty Simpson or it will be Jalen Milrow. Tyler Buckner will not start at Alabama. Alabama's not the only SEC program that may be looking for a quarterback, starting quarterback via the transfer portal. Auburn could be uh, one of those schools as well. So he could be taking a visit to Auburn, Alabama, too. Interesting text from EJ in Louisiana. Will the Sooners look into Joshua Farmer, the Florida State defensive tackle who's now entered the portal? Uh, There is mutual interest there. Kind of too early to say much more than that. But, yes, there is mutual interest between the Sooners and Joshua Farmer. So that's something to file away. And keep in mind, believe it or don't believe it, like it or hate it, I personally hate it, but – the Sooners did try to get Bear Alexander. Obviously, it was pretty evident from the get-go where he was going, but the Sooners tried. And that would indicate that Oklahoma feels they need to add another body on the interior defensive which is line. Not, which is not – that's not crazy. I mean, it's no. not unexpected at all. They have – how many defensive linemen do they have graduating next year? Coe's done after this year. Is Laulu done after this Laulu's year? Laulu's done after this year. And he's year. moved inside, of course. Bothroyd is more of an edge than an inside yep. guy, but he's done after this Ford's year. Ford's done after this year? Or does he have two? I believe Trace Ford has an extra year, as does Jacob Lacey. Um, Jordan Kelly is done after yeah. this year. So a lot of Jeez, upperclassmen that is a lot of bodies, right man. Uh, Josh Farmer is a redshirt freshman right now at Florida State, so that's a guy that's got some years ahead of him. I'm not saying that OU is going to be interested in this guy. I'm just saying Nebraska also had a defensive lineman enter in the portal today. Stephon Wynn, who transferred to Nebraska from Alabama last season, recorded 22 tackles. So every defensive line name will probably be asked like, hey, any interest for, uh, for OU on this one? Yeah. But I wouldn't be shocked at all if OU lands a uh, interior defensive lineman in the portal. Is that interior defensive lineman going to start? Uh, I would probably guess no, just because of the caliber of player at defensive line that's normally in the portal, especially this time around. But, I, again, I, I still wouldn't be surprised if uh, OU were to land a defensive lineman in the portal. What what else? Any other positions come to mind when we think about portal additions for OU? You already got one wide receiver. You got a tight end, though. That wasn't a scholarship guy. We just talked about defensive line. Anything else super imminent? I think you could you could do with another experienced linebacker. Yeah, if there's room, I think the priorities are elsewhere. I, I would say that getting another defensive lineman would certainly be the priority in my mind, and probably adding another offensive lineman as well. With as banged up as Oklahoma is right now, and 
with as poorly as OU's effectively second and third string offensive linemen performed as a unit this past weekend. What you'd like is not to get into a situation where you got a couple of first team guys down and you're trying to figure something out and you're scrambling. Uh, Jaden Davis set to visit Miami. Jaden Davis is going to head down to uh, Coral Gables and visit the uh, Miami Hurricanes. We'll see if uh, he lands with the U or not. I think it's a very legitimate possibility. Maybe he'll get a nice NIL deal down there from uh, John Ruiz. I'm, I'm rooting for Jaden Davis so. for that to happen, you know? Uh, Michigan is the new number one class. Boy, they had a night last night, didn't they? Jeez. Michigan, the new number one overall class. Uh, they cooking. They're cooking. Ohio State is cooking right now. Those are the two programs cooking the most in this 2024 class. Georgia just started off so fast that they're still in the top three. But Miami and Ohio State, dude, man, like this is going to be – I mean, it has a chance to be one of the best Michigan recruiting classes ever. And now as you look at it, man, like, I don't know if we've set our expectations for a top five class this year. I'm not sure. I guess we'll figure that out from the text line. But as we start to look at it, even though it's early, Parker, it's like, man, Michigan's going to be hard to catch. Ohio State's going to be hard to catch. Georgia's going to be hard to catch. And not that they can't have any decommitments or anything, but I th- would think for the most part – those three classes stay intact. Your top five class spots might be filling up pretty quickly here with those three. We'll see who else can get in the party. They very well could be. Sooner Soldier wants to know, who is the latest portal commit for USC? Uh, USC just got a commitment from Wyoming offensive lineman yeah. Emmanuel Prenyon. So, SoCal is apparently becoming Portal U for it offensive really is, line. Man. It's like mule shoes. It's like, okay, let me find somebody who's played offensive line at a high level and we'll go get them and add another add another background singer for Benny Wiley and the Kettlebells. It, it feels like their strategy is pretty obvious out there. It's, you know, they want to do damage in recruiting, but they are kind of they're like, yeah, well, I mean, we want to bring in players via recruiting, but we also want to go get South Carolina's best running back or the Bolitnikoff winning wide receiver from the year before or Georgia's defensive line. Like, they don't want to build it all the way through recruiting. They want to take advantage of the portal as much as possible. And especially on the offensive line, I mean, this is an acknowledgement, is it not? Yeah. That Mule Shoe does not have a capable offensive line group. He does not have a room full of linemen that he trusts to keep his quarterback off the ground. And Caleb Williams is an escape artist in his own right. Caleb Williams doesn't necessarily need an absolute wall in front of him to be able to be successful at the quarterback position. But they USC went and got Cooper Loveless. They got Michael Tarquin. They tried for Ethan White. That didn't pan out, obviously. Now they get Emmanuel Prenyon. It's it's as if Muleshoe is saying, okay, well, in order to build a championship roster, I can't trust my staff or my own eyes on offensive linemen. We just need to go find guys that have done it already. And I think that's the case not all the time, but a lot at this point in the portal. It's almost like you're kind of telling on yourself a little bit, uh-huh. judging by who you're going after of what position groups you don't feel great about, you know? I, I, not not all the time, but especially this portal cycle. Most of the time, this is okay. We've had a we've had some spring ball to go through. We know where our dire needs need to be met. Let's just go put a band aid on the situation in the portal. 
So, I, OU's pursuing defensive linemen. I think it's pretty obvious of what they think of the defensive line. Doesn't mean they have to be bad, but they they got to make some strides there up front for sure. And, and your point was great, too. It's not just for right now. It's regardless of how you feel about the defensive line, they're going to lose a lot of those bodies, a lot of those bodies after this next year, which is kind of scary to think about, you know? Uh, D-line, O-line, top priority in the portal if they go after anybody. I would, uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that for OU. Sure, yeah. D- defensive line, definitely number one. But offensive line, yeah, you'll, you'll take a starter there too as well. Uh, I don't know if they'll get a starter, but at least a, a depth guy. Johnny H says, is there another prospect at Durant bes- besides Zadavian Sims? There is 2026 edge rusher Colton Yarbrough. Doesn't have an Oklahoma offer yet, but will more than likely get one. Yeah, I wonder if uh, Durant's going to start putting out some uh, – Pretty good prospects on a uh, yearly basis here moving forward. I don't know. Not one that we had heard from I, in a while, but uh, I would not count on I'm that. not going to, I don't think it's going to be a football factory, but maybe we can count on Durant's more than once every 20 years to put out a. I, again, <laughs> I, I, I would not count on it. Colton Yarbrough is a guy that transferred to Durant in order to play 11 man football. He's from Caddo. And then Zadavian Sims obviously hails from across the border in Denison, but. Moved to Durant to get away from the UIL garbage happening in the state of Texas, which I can't blame him for. Muleshoe has to build through the portal because this is his last year at Southern Cal, yeah, says maybe. Sam and Edmund. Well, maybe. Yeah, yeah. EJ from Louisiana, what does all the alumni at the spring game and back-to-back years at OU do for recruiting? It definitely doesn't hurt. Um, and, and it's not just having the alumni back. It's the headline names in the NFL that you have and kind of showing that – if you receive the highest honor in this sport, like kind of what your legacy is around here, right? And how celebrated that you can be. Kyler Baker, and then even guys like Orlando Brown being around, Foxtail and all, like those are recognizable names across the league. I'm I'm sure I'm sure that, you know, Britt Venables probably always wanted a weekend for his alumni to come back. And that was really what it was all about, but I think he also knew the added benefits of having that weekend with, when it's such a big recruiting weekend around here. I'm sure even with a guy like David Stone, that helped out quite a bit. Yeah, and anytime you can around. get those legends just hanging around the prospects, right? Because it's something that OU sells in their recruiting pitches is, hey, look at this guy who went on to a long and decorated career in the NFL. And it rings true when you have a guy like Bill Biedenboe who's been at Oklahoma for years and years and has sent numerous guys to the NFL, but especially when you have a guy that's newer to the fold like a Brandon Hall, for instance, he doesn't have as much to recruit upon in terms of what he's already accomplished at Oklahoma, but when you have guys that have been through the program, i.e. Delarian Turner-Yell, whom I got the chance to chat with, he's he's a good guy, good dude. I've known him for a long time. He was back at the spring game, Uh, was chatting with him on the sideline. Anytime you can get a guy like that, to hang around some of your younger safety prospects, some kids that maybe have questions about you know, how much can this staff, how much can I realistically rely on this staff to develop me when they haven't been here all that long? Well, a guy like Delarian Turner-Yell, for instance, is going to be able to lend some insight on all of the nuances of Oklahoma as a program and everything that it offers more so than any one particular individual on the staff. 
Uh, for the 405, who do y'all think is replacing Michael Turk at punter? Uh, Josh Plaster, maybe? Uh, I would count on Luke Elzinga or Brady Braun. The, uh, the punting was not the highlight of the day on Saturday. So, Will they be as good as they were a year ago at punter? No. Yeah, probably probably not. They need, they need to be more steady, though, at kicker, though. I can tell you that much. Maybe they just won't punt next year. Maybe the offense will just be so much better that they won't ever punt. There you go. Might need to figure out the punter, though, before the SEC. Any territory is four-down territory. But that's what it was. Balls just just the approach the season like the spring game on Saturday, right? Just go yeah. for it every fourth down, essentially. 405-651-3439. More text and a whole lot more coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref. Final segment locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref for the homeless Sooner fans. Uh, some national stuff and recruiting and in the portal real quick. Uh, Jordan Hudson, former OU wide receiver commits that ended up at TCU. Looks like he might end up at SMU. Looks like OU might uh, play Jordan Hudson next year in the non-conference. He is trending towards SMU at this point. Kennedy Erlacher, Brian Erlacher's son. We talked about Willis McGahee IV yesterday. Oh, is that really Brian Erlacher's son? Kennedy Erlacher, crystal ball to Notre Dame. I didn't put two and two together on that. I probably should have, but... I'm sure that he'll be a player. Uh, Four-star wide receiver Aaron Hampton, top two of Bama and Texas. And then my favorite name currently in the portal. Uh, Had like a four-year career at North Carolina, was uh, transferred to Penn State, I think early last year. Storm Duck is in the portal. I don't know if Oregon's interested here, but if Oregon's interested, Storm Duck needs to just go play in Eugene for one year. That's just really what we need. Storm Duck, the best name currently in the portal. Storm Duck. I, I Not only do I need Storm Duck at Oregon, I need a commemorative Storm Duck alternate uniform that they wear once. Be sweet. Recruiting Doomer 1 says, yes, we need all the alumni we can get to come back and help Todd Bates do something. <laughs> uh, Typical Doomer take. I, yeah. I, I, I love that A&M throws an enormous bag at DJ Hicks. And Nick Saban basically says, you're mine, to Jordan Renaud. And the narrative becomes, Todd Bates sucks at his job. So how many uh, commits slash signees does Todd Bates have to get for the slander to end? Like, for instance, if Williams uh, Winery commits and say, I don't know, June, July, whatever, something something happens this summer. If he just gets a commitment from the number one defensive lineman, does it all end? Or will people still hammer him all the way up until signing day? I'm just well, curious how this is going to go. Nuanary's primary recruiter is Miguel Chavis, so that won't have much But of an some people on. will say, but you're right. But at the same time, people will still blame Todd Bates for that. I have a feeling that that's going to happen. Well, sure. People, those, those three people on the text line will find a way to blame Todd Bates for pretty much everything. But you get Joseph Jonah Ajonye, you get Nigel Smith, you get David Stone. Even if you miss on Zadavian Sims, or even if you miss on... I guess I, who else is there at that point? If, if you sign three top 150 defensive linemen, interior defensive linemen in this class, I would love to see how these people can sustain the Todd Bates sucks narrative because I think it will die and die a very epic, very swift death. Brandon Drum has stated that Oklahoma offered similar money as A&M. Uh, the S in the A&M has a money sign in there, if you, just in case you're wondering. It's from a texture in the 918s. Okay. And? What's the point there? I fail to see what that texture is getting at. 
So Oklahoma offered money, therefore Todd Bates still sucks. I think it's the narrative that, or the thought that A&M was the one that offered the bag. Uh, did OU offer the same amount of bag for David Hicks? It really doesn't matter. It's over with, and you're concentrated on the 2024 it, class. And may I remind you what Sammy Omasigo said about DJ Hicks? And Omasigo was a guy that was quietly pushing behind the scenes in the days leading up to the early signing period to try to get DJ Hicks on board with Oklahoma as opposed to staying committed to Texas A&M. Yeah, there was money involved, sure, but DJ Hicks' family wanted him at Texas A&M. And Sammy said as much. He said, look, that's where they wanted him. We were very, very close to getting DJ to flip to Oklahoma, but the family wanted him in College Station, and so that's where he went. Um, this has been a big question for us on social media today. Travis is with me today, so we'll hit this throughout the show as well. I'll give you an opportunity to sound off on it before you get out of here. After spring ball, who's the uh, favorite now for wide receiver number one? Did anyone seriously emerge this spring as the top wide receiver target? Or is it no, still unclear? No, I don't think so. I think that's still unsettled. I mean, some guys had some nice springs, but no one emerged as you the could, obvious number one guy. You could say Andrell Anthony. You could say Jalil Farouk. You could even you could even make a case for DJ Graham. But said it at the beginning of spring ball. That conversation in particular, I don't think will be settled until the mid to late stages of fall camp. And maybe it's not even settled until you start actually playing football games in September. I don't know if that's the hope. It's probably not the hope. Someone emerges in training camp. But as of right now, uh, it's just kind of all speculation and guesses as to who it's going to be because there's no one obvious right now. The Rush coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.